I just wanted to say a few words uh, about um, repentance and uh, it's a topic that uh, um, some people, including myself, try and run away from sometimes, but it's uh, unavoidable uh, in the church. And when you think about it, really, the history of the church, you know, right back into the Old Testament, the history of God's people was one of, uh, you know, gradually turning away from God, gradually letting other things take the place of God, and then disaster happens, and then they come to their senses one way or the other. They repent, and the Lord helps them. When you think about it, uh, you know, in the judges, the people turned away from the Lord. The Lord sent a judge uh, after they repented, and that judge was able to bring them back to God. And in the kings, the same thing happened. Uh, some kings, not all of them, unfortunately, some kings repented throughout their life, turned back to God, and it went well with them. Same in the prophets. Um when people heeded the prophet, eventually, maybe after some disaster had fallen upon them, and they repented, it went well with them. And this whole issue of repentance goes right through the scriptures, does not even until Revelation to the seven churches, that five of those churches were told outright, explicitly, to repent. Um, Two churches were not, as it happens, but the majority of those churches were told, repent. For one reason or another, they had let things get into the church, like the Jezebel spirit or Balaam or the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. They were told to repent. And I don't, I don't think it's any different uh, for us in our situation that we find ourselves in as a church body on earth. And uh, I was really struck last Wednesday by the word, the meditation that we heard from Stephen about just uh, that little portion in Luke chapter 13 about the fig tree. And I have to say now, I've been thinking about it a lot uh, from my personal self. And it is so important, isn't it? The fig tree was planted and the owner of that tree came seeking fruit on that fig tree and didn't find any for three years. And he said to the dresser, well, cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? It's useless. It's just taking up space. And he was going to cut it down. And then the dresser of the vineyard answered, he says, let it alone this year. Give it a year. Give it a year and we'll see what happens. We'll dig around it and dung it and we'll see if it bears fruit. Fruit is what the owner of the vineyard was looking for. Fruit on the fig tree and there was none. And as Stephen pointed out, that was a year. It was a window of mercy. One window of opportunity for the mercy of God. And that digging and dunging around that tree 
Stephen said, was praying and preaching, breaking up that ground, that hard ground around the tree and adding the nutrients, adding the nourishment, adding the dung to help that tree bear fruit. So fruit is what the Lord is looking for. And uh, I just, when I was thinking about that uh, portion of scripture, I was uh, just led to look at Matthew chapter 3. And uh, it's about uh, John the Baptist and what he said when he arrived on the scene. And uh, I'm just going to read a few verses in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 to 12. Uh, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. When the Lord comes, he'll be coming on straight paths, not on crooked paths. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and a leathern girdle about his loins, and his meat was locusts and wild honey. John epitomises not too many comforts and a very sparse fare for food. And there was no uh, luxuries about John the Baptist. Then went out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan and were baptised of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. And when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring therefore fruits, meat for repentance. John wants them to bring fruits that are meat for repentance. And uh, he goes on to say, Think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able to raise up these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Don't be thinking or looking to the past. We are responsible for the word of God in our lives today. And what we do with that word is our responsibility of a church in this time. And now also the axe is laid onto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree that bringeth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. The axe is laid to the root of the trees. And that's a very striking picture, isn't it? of what the Lord could do. The axe is there. He could cut down the trees, which is really us. And if we ask ourselves, if I ask myself, what are my roots attached to? What is happening underground in my life? What am I tapped into? What are my resources? Where am I getting my nourishment each day? Am I tapped into the word of God for growth? Or am I tapped into other things? Have I got roots 
going down into the world? Am I seeking to get uh, some sort of benefits in my life from the world? All that may be unseen in a life. People may not realize, may not see what's happening in my life. But the Lord sees. The Lord can see the hidden parts. And the Lord would have us be tapped in to his word, into the word of God for our nourishment. Tapped into the water of life that he will give us for our drinking. Not tapped into the world. So, uh, verse 10 again, the axe is laid onto the root of the trees. How imminent it could be. How imminent could be the Lord just come and remove the trees that don't bear fruit. Just going back to the portion last week that Stephen was reading about the fig tree. It was given a year by God's grace and mercy. A season to repent. A season to make things right, a season to look at ourselves and say, right, these things really need to be changed. Saying that now, I have to say that sometimes I think repentance isn't what I think it is or what we might think it might be for our lives. It's possible that repentance is an attitude of heart that says, right, I'm going to Obey the Lord, seek the Lord's face, and ask the Lord even to help to show up in my life what needs to be changed. And it may be not what we think, it may be something different. Only the Lord knows. What I'm trying to say is, I think, I know in my own life, I found it a really big help when the Lord helped me to repent. And, you know, it becomes like a religion if we try and do all these things ourselves. But I found it wonderful, really, that the Lord was willing to help in repentance. And it's just marvellous, his ways, his mercy. And that season that he's given us, that season that he gave that fig tree a year, the Lord gives us a season to turn to him. And this whole aspect of the Christian walk is pivotal, really, isn't it? So much hinges on our attitude to repentance. It's really so very much, so very important because so much blessing hinges on repentance. And uh, on this exhortation of John the Baptist and the Lord himself in that parable to repent, it is really vital for today's church that Really, we can say this, without repentance, there is no blessing. And that's a serious issue for the day we're in. Now, let me move to the next verse in Matthew. Um, this is the good part. You'll like this. <laughs> verse 12. Um, sorry, verse 11. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, the Lord Jesus. Oh, the Lord makes the difference, doesn't it? He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit, and with fire. So you see the sequence, repentance, 
then the Lord can baptise with the Holy Spirit. And we have often said, we as a church need the filling of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. And it's so lovely that after the hardship, after all the digging and the dunging, after the soul searching, after the help of the Lord to turn around. Oh, it's so lovely. The Lord can bless by the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If we were a body of people, a church body, who were filled with the Holy Spirit, oh, what a difference. (laughs) The world would see it. The church would see it. What a difference. So that's our prayer today and always. Oh, Lord, let us repent for your namesake. Thank you, Lord.